Wake up with Matt in the morning. Hey, Matt here with Matt in the morning once again. And first and foremost, thank you for waking up with me this morning. Because guess what we are going to be talking about today? Brisket. Which if you clicked on this episode, you probably already read that. So you probably already know, but that's fine. Brisket. Now, I was going to wait a couple days to record this because I actually just picked up a brisket, a prime graded one from Costco. Um, I need to find a good butcher shop or farm around here to get it from, but Costco's never let me down with their prime graded stuff, so that's where I went. So, picked one up. I'm excited to do this, um, and really because this is for the brisket chili. If you don't know what's going on with that, listen to episode number two. But, uh, yeah, brisket. So first of all, let me start out with a little bit of a, a little bit of history on it. I like to, when we're talking about stuff, I like to kind of talk about where it supposedly originated from and all that good stuff. So first of all, when somebody says brisket, most people just automatically think Texas. I do, you know, just kind of the way it is. Uh, however, that's not where, that's probably where, of course for us, that's where it became popular at, but it actually, uh, originated as a Jewish cuisine. The Ashkenazi Jewish community started cooking brisket in Central and Eastern Europe. They would cook it for the celebrations like uh, Rosh Hashanah, Passover, Hanukkah, and Shabbat. Did I say that right? I hope so. Now, in the 1950s, that's when brisket here in the U.S., that's when brisket started becoming a thing. Like about the 1950s, Texas, you know. These places started getting it and cooking with it and taking it to the next level. Now, excuse me, now before that, so okay, you had the Jewish over in Europe and stuff, they're doing it and doing things. Here, before kind of Texas started doing things with it, it was kind of considered like a poor man's meat, you know? It was tough, it's got that fat on it, you know, the fat cap and just, it was cheap. So, like, I wish I could have a time machine, load up my pellet grill in the time machine, go back when you could get a brisket for a buck, right? That'd be great. Um, But, yeah, not a lot of people. It was like, eh, brisket, whatever. So, yeah, about 1950s, a lot of these barbecue joints started uh, working with it, and here we go. Now, today, we think brisket, we think, oh, yeah. And I like brisket because of its versatility, right? Like... So I got a whole packer brisket, whatever you call it, where it's the whole deal, right? I got to trim the fat and do all that. Here's what I like about getting one like that is when I trim the fat, I'm saving it and I'm using the fat. What am I using it for? I'm going to take, put it in a pan, probably just do it in the oven. You can do it on the smoker too, add a little smoky flavor. Why not? But I'm going to let it go at like 200 degrees, maybe 220. And about every hour-ish or so, I'm going to take that pan out. I'm going to pour it over a mason jar that has some uh, paper towels on it to filter any any chunks. And I'm going to let that, that liquefied fat go down into that jar. And I've got beef tallow. Now, I have a jar of Wagyu beef tallow that I bought on Amazon, right? It's a black container. If anybody has, if anybody has it, they'll know what I'm talking about. It's the black container with white lettering, Wagyu beef tallow, whatever. Nothing wrong with it, it's great, but if I'm getting a brisket and trimming all this fat and I'm just going to throw the fat away, what am I doing? 
Uh, seems kind of a waste. So I'm going to start making my own tallow when I get briskets. I'm excited about that. Um, cause I've been using tallow also for, uh, you know, go out on the flat top to make a smash burger. You know, I'm using that, some of that beef tallow versus butter, you know, and just another layer of awesomeness really. So that's what I'm doing with that. Also while I'm trimming, you know, you're going to get, you get a lot of meat that gets kind of trimmed off. What am I doing with that? I'm going to throw that through the grinder on a coarse grind. You know, maybe I'll run it through twice, but I'm at least running it through one time with a coarse grind. Now with doing that, you could get crazy do a little seasoning in there with it, mix up a little garlic in it. You can do what you want, right? But what am I going to do with that? Anything and everything I'd use ground for. Obviously, I've got the brisket chili coming up. So on this one specifically, I'm going to be cutting off, uh, purposely cutting off about a pound, pound and a half. And I'll mix some of that fat in. I'm going to do about an 80-20 blend um, for the chili. But if I wasn't doing chili, what else would I do with it? I'd make smash burgers with it. I'd do regular burgers. I'd mainly do smash, though. I'd do some smash burgers with it. Listen, you're making spaghetti. Your spaghetti sauce usually have just regular old ground beef. Okay, great. Go with some ground brisket. Anything you'd use ground, regular old ground beef for, you can use the ground brisket in. Why not? So that's what I like. First of all, you can get all that stuff trimmed off and you're not just throwing it away. You're using it for other stuff. Then you cook the brisket up, you eat for that day. This stuff is great for leftovers. What I'll end up doing is cutting a bunch of chunks off. Anything left over, I'll be, I'll slice up the, I'll probably slice up the flat. Um, then the point, I'll probably just chop up into bigger chunks, throw into a vacuum seal bag, good to go. So then in the future, if I'm doing a stew, anything that I want to add some chunks of beef to, and at that point it's smoked too, so it's adding a smoke flavor, right? Boom, pulled out, good to go. You know, a lot of people get intimidated by the brisket. Like, oh my gosh, the point and the flat, you got to separate, you cut one one way, you do this, you do that. Oh, you got to trim it. No, that's, hey, it's, it's simple. If you haven't done a brisket before, if you're nervous about it, don't worry about it. It's once you get it and do one, you'll be like, oh, that's not too bad. You get it, you trim it the best you can. Watch a few YouTube videos. Look, and listen, I'm not some professional brisket trimmer. So when I do my YouTube video for the Matt in the Morning YouTube channel for this brisket this weekend, I'm not even going to show me trimming it because I'm not a pro at it, but I get by. It doesn't matter. Do the best you can with it. It's You're not going to ruin it, right? You're just not. Trim the fat off the best you can. Watch some YouTube videos, figure it out. Save that. Just throw it in the freezer. Don't even worry about it right now. Throw it in a Ziploc bag, vacuum seal it, freeze it, be done. With all the trimmings, right? What's next? Season it. Just keep it simple. Salt, pepper, garlic. That's all you gotta do. Or get a brisket seasoning, you know? I'm using, uh, since I'm doing a Matt Pittman's Meat Church, uh, recipe for the uh, brisket chili. I'm of course using his rub when I'm doing the brisket. So I'm using the uh, Meat Church Holy Cow and I'll probably mix it with some of the, uh, I have some brisket seasoning that's from, uh, uh, what's it called? Anyways, doesn't matter. I got a little blend I'm using. 
So I'm going to rub a little mustard on it. It's just for a binder. The mustard is not for flavor or anything. It's just a binder to help the seasoning stick to it. I'm going to heavily season it. It's a big chunk of meat, right? I think the one I got is 13 pounds. Season that thing. Don't be scared. Throw it on. Throw it on. I'm going to throw it in the fridge overnight. And then I'm going to... Uh, I'll probably cook it at like 225. And, uh, well, I'll end up cooking it overnight. So I won't be doing the spritzing part like I should. But uh, once I get up, I'll start spritzing that thing uh, with vinegar and apple juice mix. About every hour. Uh, and what that's doing, some of you might be like, why are you doing that? That's stupid. The reason for that is once this thing starts cooking and the outside starts getting, that bark starts forming, it's going to kind of block the smoke from getting into it, right? So you spritz it, you're adding that moisture just to kind of help that smoke really, really get into this thing more. So that's why I'm doing that. Look, put have an internal probe in it or check it every time you're spritzing. Once you get to like... 265 to 270 wrap it I don't care if you use tin foil or butcher paper I'm using butcher paper um, I'm gonna throw some tallow on the butcher paper and on top of the brisket I'm also going to inject it into the brisket I'm gonna season some of the tallow and inject it talk about that on another episode I'm gonna wrap mine in unwaxed butcher paper I'll wrap it two or three times I'm gonna throw it back on the smoker I'll raise the temp to about 250 let it go, low and slow, till then our internal temp's like 203. Take it out and cooler trick it, which is put it in a cooler. <laughs> I mean, that's it. I'll take mine and wrap in some tin foil so juices don't get everywhere. I'm going to put in a cooler and I have some moving blankets. These, those thick moving blankets you get, you know, to wrap around furniture and stuff and you're tossing in the U-Haul or whatever. I'm going to put that on the bottom and the top of it to insulate this thing in for at least an hour. I'll probably go two. Uh, you really want those juices to kind of soak back in and just let this thing rest, right? And then you just cut it. That's it. Separate the point and flat. Cut one one way. Turn the other one 90 degrees. Slice it up. You're done. That's it. Leftovers, take and freeze them. I mean, the first time I did a brisket, I was, I'm not going to lie, I was a little nervous. I'm like, oh my gosh, doing a brisket. What do I do here? And after I did one, I said, well, first of all, this is amazing. And this is simple, you know, but it takes time. The first one I did, I think took 16 hours. You know, it's not a, let me crank this thing up at 8 AM, you know, and we're eating at lunchtime, you know, low and slow. It's the name of the game. The other thing is with briskets, people will say, well, how long does it take? People ask me that with a uh, pulled pork, you know, well, how long, how long? I don't know. Could give you a, a ballpark, but for instance, let me switch gears here. I did a because I've done more. I've done more pork butts, pork shoulders, than I have briskets. I've only done two other briskets. So with pork shoulders, I always get those from Costco. They're always about the same weight, the same, and I do them all the same. I have my homemade rub. I do them all the same temp. I brine them all the same. Everything, right? But I've had one get done at like eight, nine hours. And I've had one the next time get done at like 13, 14 hours. You know, once you get up to that 265, 270 mark, that's when you hit the stall. And it could sit there 
for three hours. And I, I've heard people say four hours where it have seen people on the, uh, Facebook sites, the, uh, you know, the pellet grill on the smoking sites, like panicking. I need help. What do I do? It's been two and a half, three hours. And this thing has not moved temp. And everybody's like, everybody will sit, tell you, don't touch it. Don't touch it. Let it go. Cause that magic is happening inside. I'm sure there's some, <laughs> I should have probably looked it up to have more of an actually what's going on, but I'm just going to tell you it's magic. Okay. That's when all that connective tissue and the fat stuff, everything's just breaking down and it's turning it into that melt in your mouth, pork or brisket, you know, right? So I don't know how long it'll take, but thing is always plan, you know, always plan for it to take longer than you hope it will. So then if it does take that, right, if you're thinking, okay, in general, everybody's saying this much weight, it should take 15 hours. I'm going to plan on 17. So that's when you start your smoke. Great. You gave yourself some wiggle room. Who cares if it's done early? You're going to cooler trick it. I've had pulled pork or a pork butt um, wrapped in, in a cooler for three and a half hours. And I remember pulling that sucker out and I was thinking, oh my gosh, I hope it hasn't cooled down too much. And that thing was so piping hot, I still had to use my heat gloves with it. So cooler trick it. That's going to give you wiggle room. That's going to give you time. So if you're done early, who cares? Cooler trick it. You're good to go. You'd rather be done early and have that sucker sitting in a cooler. than all of a sudden everybody's sitting around just hungry for some brisket, you know, you got nothing till 10 PM, right? So brisket can be a little intimidating, but it's not. Once you do one, it's no big deal. The biggest intimidation factor is how long is it going to take? You know, when should I start this thing? So luckily for me, I'm just doing this for chili. So whenever it's done, it's done. You know, I'm going to set the pieces aside I need for chili and I'm good to go. I'm not having some get together, not having to worry. So I don't, I don't have that stress level there. You know, I'll have some, and I won't even have any stress when I'm making the chili. Cause, uh, anyways, that's another story. Go listen to podcast number two, the one before this. So that's how I do. And I'm going to do this brisket. Now, the other two I've done were just, again, mustard as a binder, just salt, pepper, garlic. Um, I think the first one I used a, uh, I think Weber made it or somebody where it was actually a charcoal rub, which gave it that, a real deep, deep, dark color to it, which was really cool. But uh, I've just kept it simple with that, you know? And that's the other beauty about barbecue. Like, you know, whether you're doing briskets, whether you're doing pulled pork, whether you're doing ribs, whatever. There's so many different ways to make stuff. I talked about this in the last episode. There's 50 million ways to do something. The way I do my brisket, you can change one ingredient. Boom. Flavor profile changes. You could not use tallow. Boom. It's going to be a little different. You could use tallow and inject it that seasoned. Boom. Which I'm going to do. That's going to change up the, the flavor and everything a little bit. So... There's so many different ways to do this stuff. And, and I don't ever get into the arguments with people because there's, is there a wrong way to do stuff? I don't know. However you think you want to do it, you're right. And you should do it. You know, Hey, as long as the thing isn't getting burnt and dried out, you're doing good. 
If whatever you're making comes out juicy and delicious, it's a win. You know, I've done, I've done so many, again, going back to pulled pork, I've done so many pork butts where I've tried it in tent, wrapping in tin foil, tried not wrapping, tried wrapping in butcher paper, using my own seasoning blend, using store-bought seasoning blends, brining, not brining, injecting, not injecting. And I'll tell you, I've never had a bad one. I just know which one I like best. So, and that's just like I talked about in the last podcast with chilies. I, I mean, there's 725 billion different chili recipes, right? And they're all good in their own rights. You know, it's just, what do you like best? So, and that's how it is with, uh, with brisket, in my opinion, you know, use whatever you want, do whatever you want. But how I just told you, that's how I'm doing mine. I am going to have a YouTube video again on my YouTube channel. I go through the steps of what I'm doing. And in the description, I'll have an ingredient list and the how to right there. So the podcast here, you know, there's going to be nothing in the description for it. It's just, this is just a place we talk about it and all that good stuff. And like I said in the last one, I want to get Clark on here for some of these, you know, because he's done some briskets and he's used the tallow. He's the one that told me like, Hey, tallow, it's worth it. Get it. Um, I just hate now that I'm now realizing, Oh, I can save all my fat from the brisket and make my own tallow. So I'll be doing that. Um, yeah, so we'll get Clark on here, get his opinion. But brisket is just a, man, listen, you can have it sliced to make a sandwich. You can chop it up and put it on anything. Just eat it. It's great. And, and, listen, if you don't have a smoker, that's fine. You could still take a brisket, season it the way I'm saying, do the beef tallow, and you could just do it in the oven. You'll just lose that layer, of, that extra layer of flavor that's coming from the uh, the smoker, of course. But you know, depending on what you're going for, that's fine. Uh, what else? What else with a brisket? Oh, I do really want to point out. So, okay, if you're doing a brisket. And you're going for your main goal is you want to have an awesome looking bark on it, right? You want those slides, you want that outside to be just the best. Then you might not want to use tallow because what's going to happen is you're going to put that tallow on the butcher paper or whatever you got, tinfoil, whatever. Once you put that on there, that's going to kind of take away from some of that bark, right? So I don't care because I'm not in a competition and I'm not, you know, just from a chili. And I would. With the tallow, it's going to give you a juicier, more flavorful bite. But without it, you'll get that better bark, that better outside just being looking awesome, right? Competition style. Um, so keep that in mind if you use tallow, you know. But uh, God, it's, it's, it's just fun to get it and, and try different things too, you know. If you've never done a brisket, get it and try it with the tallow. And once you realize how awesome it is and how easy it is to do it, get it and try it without the tallow next time. Why not? I mean, I love it. And I'm looking forward to cooking this thing. Um, God, I'll probably start to sing at like midnight, actually. So let this thing be cooking while I'm sleeping, you know. It's a beautiful thing about the pellet grill. But 
that's a whole nother debate in itself, which I won't get into, <laughs> but, you know, it is what it is. So, anyways, guys, that's beef brisket. It's kind of where it came from. It comes from the Jewish communities in Europe. Moved over here, and it was just kind of a low-grade, a low-end, nobody wanted it, piece of meat, until Texas stepped up and said, we got this. We're going to make this delicious. And now, when somebody says brisket, I think, ooh, Texas. So, they did it, and they did it right, you know. I do know if anybody says, where's the best place to get brisket, I, of course, don't know, because I haven't been to every place, but I'm going to go ahead and say it's probably... Texas, probably. Uh, I think that's where Franklin's Barbecue's at. I think he's out of Texas, actually. That guy does like a million briskets a day. It's crazy. It's something like that. It's something crazy. But, uh, anyways, that's brisket. So, we'll come back to brisket another day. Um, you know, just wanted to specifically talk about brisket versus all the other things you can do with it. And, you know all that good stuff. So we'll come back to it another day. We'll get Clark on here, get his thoughts on the brisky, on them briskies and go from there. So anyways, Hey, thank you for listening. Thanks for being here. Um, yeah, we'll see you next time. Have a great day.